0: Hi, I'm Hakan Hayward, and you're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast.
1: Welcome to this week's NL Full-Time. It's been another eventful week in the National League, and across all three divisions, in fact. So, joining us to look over everything today, it is Rob Laurel. Hello, Rob.
2: Morning Luke, morning guys.
1: Very happy, Rob We'll get onto that very, very shortly. Also joining us it is not so, not quite as happy. Dickie Wharton. Hello, Dickie.
3: No, not quite as happy. Just smiling on the outside, but yeah, not on the inside. But take good to see you.
1: <laughs> and also joining us, uh it is Chris Pratt. Hello, Chris. Good morning, guys. Chris is here. Uh, Briefly, He's got to shoot off and do other journalistic commitments like he does because he's a busy, busy man. So Grimsby Town travelled down to the Ebb Stadium to take on Aldershot on Saturday. And before the game, Rob caught up with Grimsby fan Rusty, who we happened to bump into on the train on the way to the game.
2: So I'm with a Grimsby fan on the train down to the Aldershot game. Um, It's Russell. Russell is uh, originally from Birmingham, but London based now. Uh, And I've doctored him, listeners. I know he's definitely a fan. He's not bullshitting. uh, (laughs) But uh, great to meet you, Russell. And and as we were talking about kind of off-air a minute ago, although you wouldn't have chosen to come back down to the National League, other than perhaps the last two or three games it's been enjoyable so far
4: hasn't it? Yeah it's been brilliant actually it's good to be it's good to be back visiting sort of the same grounds that we went to uh, well over six seasons uh, about what five years ago now um, it's my second visit to Aldershot as well I went back in 2013 which I think we drew 1-1 you'll have to check my detail on that but yeah no, it's been good to be back and to be fair it's not that much different from um, from, from League 2 at this point some big big clubs Wrexham, Notts County Aldershot in this, in this league so yeah I mean it's um it's been good fun well,
2: It's nice of you to mention Aldershot one of the <laughs> is <laughs> all you should have right now is that they were one of the biggest clubs in the National League. They were 5th, 6th and now they're probably 11th, 12th and that's frightening how much strength there is at this level. Um, were you a little bit surprised even having been here before at just what a good start to the season you had?
4: Yeah, I think we all were. I think that the um, getting relegated from League 2 allowed the club to cleanse themselves a little bit and I think the new uh, chairman owner coming in Jason Stockwood's doing an unbelievable job Paul Hurst he's been here before he's obviously had a rough time at Ipswich and then Scunthorpe so it's good to have him back and he's just he's signed the right players there's good passion in the club and I've never seen attendances at Blundell Park like like they've been so yeah I think it has surprised everyone but you know winning is a winning is a habit uh, and you know we got that going at the start of the season hopefully we we'll get the three points today but again three losses back to back you can never tell
2: and uh, I know McAtee scored quite a few goals early on. He's now, unfortunately, out at least in, in, until December. Who else should we be looking out for today? Who, who, even despite those two or three defeats recently, is
4: in pretty decent, Nick? So I think one of the best players I've actually seen play for us is uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Loney, Alex Hunt. Uh, quality, quality football. Every time he gets the ball, I, I feel very confident. Um, Bapaga as well and, um, Taylor, uh, two forwards of so Papaga players, typically on the left. They has been known to play on the right. It's been really, really good. And then Enrico D'Souza, um, started the season unbelievably well, like one of those players that picks up the ball and runs. He got a bad injury against Bromley, um, which actually led to us losing that game, in my opinion. Um, but when he gets the ball, he's really, really dangerous. So, um, so yeah, I reckon those four players are worth watching out for.
1: And that was Rusted, a Grinsby fan. He was quite bullish. About their chances, but a massive shock happened, didn't it, Rob? And uh, I know you were, well, you were really happy about it. And we've got the manager of all the shock widows as well, Mark Mosley. Hello, Mark. Good morning. Congratulations on the victory. And uh, I'll let you and Rob dissect it.
2: Well, I think the first thing to address really is, Mark, it's been a really, really difficult run, hasn't it, since coming in, um, in, in, in terms of not just how you want to play things, but... Um, you Know, but just a lot of hard work's gone in. Um, and but the boys are, are young and naive at times, aren't they? And uh, they're having to learn on the job week in, week out. And it's been a tough uh ground in, uh, in those opening few weeks. Yeah, we're definitely learning through our hardships.
5: Um, we're very disappointed. We probably haven't got the the points to show for some of our, some of the work. Um, and then and then all of a sudden, what happened in the week, we for the first time since I've been in, we did get opened up and some wounds got exposed on Tuesday night against a very strong Wrexham outfit. But all that did is that that gave complete clarity to us. It gave us a, a clear um, way of going forward that, you know, we, we, we come up short for the first time probably. And uh, like I said, we, we addressed it and we had to show a lot of character. I mean, last week was a, a tough week behind the scenes. Um, I think if, if you probably saw our team sheet go in um People were probably thinking, oh, well, you know, it was more injuries. Um, you know, we were obviously missing all of our key experienced players. And um, the way that the, uh, the the lads rallied, the character, the attitude that they showed was, I thought, was, was fantastic. Um, and, and we needed it. We needed a big reaction and we certainly got it yesterday. But it was a very emotional day for the club. It was a very poignant weekend. Um, I thought the club was fantastic, the way it handled Um remembrance it was a, a very special day um at the football club and uh, the boys responded to that as well and i think they gave gave the performance on the pitch which was fitting for um, what was a, a a special day for us
2: i think mark you um what's refreshing for me is that you're not on excuses man and my goodness me you could have you you could have put a few out there so you've already got your two first choice Two of your first choice centre backs, Phillips and Locko, out injured reasonably long term. At the other end, you lost Betema and Torre in the live TV game at Barnet within minutes of each other. Um, and we talk about games being won and lost in both boxes. And then going into yesterday's game, you had your entire three midfielders from the previous couple of weeks, wiped out. Vennings gone, Wagstaff gone, Edsa all out injured as well. And I don't think I've ever been at any Aldershot Town match uh, since the club was formed, where I probably, you know, logically could not see any way that that team could win the match yesterday. But what we underestimated was, that's what Mark Molesley's used to, isn't it? Adversity Um, and... uh, fair play to you for for getting a tune out of them yesterday and really fighting for every ball. I've never seen them win so many headers and you had two or three really diminutive players out there as well, didn't you? Who, uh, probably had a, their PB ever for winning headers. Yeah. And I think, you know, something we had to address, like you said,
5: uh, football's about both boxes. And, um, since we've been in, we've been pretty in that middle, middle bit. And, uh, probably been undone in the other two so it's something we've you know we're working hard on every day and sometimes like I said we probably saw some green shoots yesterday probably saw some, some um, you know a, a change in, in luck we would say but it's not it was just boys having to stand up and count it yesterday and uh reality but also the fight the fight that we showed yesterday because we're in a fight at the moment make no bones about it and uh we, we, we rolled up our sleeves yesterday and then that needs to be first on the, on the list of priorities is that we fight for everything we got and we certainly did yesterday and uh, I said we had to we had to we had to bounce back we needed to get that win we needed to get that win at home um, so we you know we put a We've sort of hopefully lifted the mood a little bit at the moment, but now it's, it's always, and I'm going to sound really boring, uh, it's it's now, it's, it's what next, you know. We, we enjoyed the victory yesterday. It was a special a special victory for us yesterday, but now it's how we follow it up. How, you know, uh, I said yesterday to you yesterday, Rob, didn't I, that job never changes. Work hard and try and get better. And that, that's the same what we're going to do this week.
0: Obviously, I saw you at, at Stockport County this season. I thought you were actually really good. You. I'm definitely surprised to see you where you are in the league, and and the feedback we've had from Rob this season as well is there's been some fantastic performances, but late goals and you know points lost at the death and things like that. And I was just going to ask you what what do you put that down to, and you know how can you make sure that that, that doesn't happen and those points start racking up from now on?
5: Yeah, that's that's the million dollar question. Uh, I think probably a little bit of naivety at times from us because we have got a young side, uh, but also probably the will to want to do that. Sometimes that is like, we've got to not do this. We've got to not do that. That creates tension and pressure. And we're probably guilty of over over sometimes trying or overthinking when actually we need to have clear heads, a bit of clarity and stick to our, our plans, stick to our processes. And uh, the boys certainly done that yesterday. Um, but we've got to make sure that's not a flush in the pan but um, yeah look we've 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 had a tough a tough spell I think the club's probably had a tough spell for a long time now and and sometimes that that sort of cloud over us sort of ha- hangs around it's not through you know everyone knows a couple of the frailties people are quite quick to point them out we're well aware of it we, we you know we are brutal on ourselves but sometimes it's almost it's just that. That, that feeling that people feel when they when the when the chips are down, but what the most important thing is is that character you show. Um, and yesterday, people could have been forgiven, and we he had a hundred excuses, um, and the, and the way the game went, we went one 0 up and got pegged back straight away. And it, again, it was following a familiar story. And uh, but the boys went, no, no more, no more. We're standing up now. We're gonna we're gonna put this. You know, we're gonna stand up and be counted. And and that's what I was so proud about because we had. You know, I think the average age of that squad was probably one of the youngest in the league, without a doubt. And uh they they were men yesterday.
3: I was gonna say, Mark, it, it must have been um important for that to be a, a home win as well yesterday, you know, bearing in mind you you've not had one all season then that, that must you know, you you are giving your home crowd where you get your, your majority of your support from. You've you've given them something to, to to grab hold of there, haven't you?
5: Yeah, definitely. And then and then that that's what it was, you know the tension was there from everyone around the club because we all so want the same thing. And, uh, you know, that only adds to the tension and the pressure and that's why I'm so glad that the lads stood up to that yesterday and we gave something to the, to our crowd, which have deserved that, you know, that our crowd deserved that, what we gave them yesterday. And we were sad that we, we we had, had to wait that long and hopefully, you know, we're going to be working so hard to make sure they haven't got to wait that long again. But yeah, we, um, we stood up and we were counted yesterday and, then, and that's all you can ask of them, boys.
2: Mark, one thing we haven't talked about in any of our post-match interviews, and is a good one perhaps for, for the podcast, you kind of bounced this league. Obviously, you've been in and around it, you've known about it for a long time, you've played in it, but um, you bounced it, didn't you? Double back-to-back promotions with Weymouth and then you took the job at, at South End, and that's well documented. We don't need to go over that again, but... Uh, it's a bit unfinished business in a way, isn't it? Uh, you, you're very proud to manage shop Town, but you're now managing at the level that you personally earn with Weymouth. Um, is it everything you thought it was, or are you still learning so much week in, week out? Yeah, you never stop learning,
5: Rob. Learning so much week in, week out. Like I like to think our preparation and and how hard we work. I don't think we've been too surprised. But um, we knew this was going to be a tough league. I mean, this league is the toughest it's ever been. I think you speak to anyone who's who's been in and around these levels. Is this is a, a top, top league this year. It is, um, there's no way you can call this anything to do with non-league. This is a full-time professional top league with uh, fantastic players, fantastic managers. Like every week you've got to be bang on it, otherwise you're not getting anything. Um so we, we, we're not surprised, but the quality of it is is, is very high. And um, we're loving it. We're loving it. We've got to embrace every challenge. Um, you know, I think it's, you know we, know, we know where we are at the moment and we're we're fighting and scrapping for everything. But like I said we've got to embrace every challenge that this league throws at you and, and it does throw them at you.
1: It must give you great confidence to, to beat somebody like Paul Hurst. I mean, I know obviously maybe Grinsby aren't going through the best run at the minute, but to beat a team like that, to beat a manager like that, who's managing the football league, must give you personal confidence as well.
5: Yeah, look, we're we're always, we're always confident, and like I said, we've uh, it's quite clear where we've probably come up short a little bit, and that makes it all the more frustrating. Like, obviously, you, you saw us at Stockport, um, and that's been probably the tail of our season. Everyone says, "Oh, what a good, you know, well played, what a good side," but no, that 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 hurts, that that cuts us deeper than anything because. We don't want to be that nice, pretty team, you know. We've got to be that tough, robust, hard underbelly team. Who then, you know, then talk about our football. But we, they have to be talking about that bit first, and maybe that's the bit we've just lacked a little bit. But understandably so, you know. We've had a lot of, you know, we've got a lot of injuries, and um, we've got a lot of young players learning through the game, and. Uh, we can take a lot of confidence from yesterday for sure, but um, yeah, we've got to bottle that and uh, use any advantage we can get now because we've really got to use that as a springboard. Mark, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. No, thanks for having us, gents. Thanks a lot.
1: For Grimsby, that is now a fourth defeat in all competitions, three in the league, and um, like I said to Mark, to Mark Moles, it, it probably wasn't a great. I mean, it probably wasn't a bad time to play them. Equally, like you say, all the shot had lots of injuries, but. Grimsby are going through a bad spell themselves at the minute, aren't they? And I know they're th- in third position, but I know the fans are going, well, we're in a horrendous run at the minute.
2: Well, yeah, it's four defeats on the trot, three in the league and one uh, in the FA Cup. Uh, and, and the goals have dried up a bit and they've noticeably dried up a little bit uh, with John McAtee not being available. He is the, the top scorer, but a club like Grimsby um, doesn't rely just on McAtee. I think it's just a <clears throat> that, that's obviously a factor. But um, there is concerns, and I think Paul Hurst's concerns, having watched his post-match yesterday, was, it's easy for, to say you've got team spirit and, 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 and play football when you're on the roll like they were on, and they were winning games and scoring goals for fun. But this is now where he really learns about them. And I think he, he wouldn't mention them by name, but he felt he had a few players yesterday who maybe he now knows can't do it or are not doing it when the chips are down when the crowd are maybe just starting getting on your back a little bit. Um, I was surprised to the extent with which Aldershot negated uh, Grimsby yesterday. And, uh, you know, I'm absolutely sure, of course, I didn't see Grimsby on one of their better days, but momentum's everything in sport and in football. And uh, despite that brilliant start, Grimsby now find themselves in in, in a difficult situation and and they'll be looking to stem that as soon as possible with a draw, or well, that next
1: three points. Yeah, I mean, only, there's only three points for them, for them dropping out of the playoffs. They'll be looking over the, the shoulders slightly. Somebody who won't be looking over the shoulders, only looking up, is James Rowe. Uh, Chesterfield went back top. They disposed easily of Weymouth. Couple that with Borenwood, only drawing at Aldschemean. It was a good day, wasn't it, for them?
2: Yeah, really good day for Chesterfield. Uh, Shamanga just increased his stock again, didn't he? Rowe really is turning him from that one in two striker to that two in three this season. Uh, full credit to Rowe, full credit to Shimanga, um, who really showed yesterday he can finish from any any position, including laying on the floor for his hat-trick goal as he slipped, uh, but still was the quickest to react and poke it home. Um, yeah, so, you know, really starting to go through the gears now uh, at Chesterfield and, uh, you know we've had a few changes of leader it's the second time obviously they've hit the top this season but it's difficult if i'm really honest to see them slipping up from here and i know look i didn't predict them at the start of the season i predicted stockport and and, and as champions and i you know they could well still finish and probably will finish in the in the playoffs stockport but it would take a lot for them to come through and win the league now um, and if you said, Rob, is 50 quid, you've got to put it on somebody right now. Um, I, I, I couldn't build a stronger case than there is at Chesterfield.
1: There you go. We're going to give Rob 50 quid and he's going to go and uh, put it <laughs> on with Unibet. Any of the official sponsors, betting sponsors of the, of the league. There we go. Nice little point. Yeah. No, <laughs>
2: two, problems, two problems with that. One, you haven't got or we haven't got 50 quid uh and uh, between us and uh, and and secondly I'm I'm not a betting man
3: they're not the value they were at the start of the season either as well I have to say I think Chesterfield um uh, shortest price uh, that they've been to win the title so far this season at the moment and um, and they are actually the favourites with the with the bookies at the, at, the, at the way it's looking at the moment. Of course, that's sometimes just a reflection of the amount of money that's been staked on them more so than you know looking yeah. at genuinely what you're seeing going on in the field. But you know, it's going fantastically for them. Another nice little Philip for, for James Rose sides as they've been picked for one of the um, uh, FA Cup live games in the next round as well away at Salford City so they've got a, a chance to test themselves against them and, and, and based on what I saw from Salford City in, in losing to Dagenham in beating Dagenham and Redbridge last week I think Chesterfield have got a good chance there
1: and as we mentioned Bournemouth they drew 1-1 with Aldersham not quite the result they would have wanted uh, they, they took the lead on 57 minutes through Jamal Fivefield before Josh Han- Hancock equalised in the 76th minute. There was no game for Halifax yesterday, but they still stayed in the playoff places. Notts County, though, they beat Sully Hummels by two goals to nil and a significant record yesterday in that they broke the National League attendance record, didn't they?
2: Yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, Not too far short of 13,000. So they didn't just break it, they smashed it. And it's fascinating to see because you've got a new kind of competition off the pitch uh, developing here, haven't you? We know now there's obviously some big hitters in the league and there's uh, four or five clubs that are very capable of getting 5,000 plus. But it's now going to a new level. Um, And and Chris talked about the 5,500 at Stockport yesterday. Well, you know, Notts County... Uh, wow, more than double that. That's phenomenal. And and with the greatest of respect as well against Solihull Moors, one of the smaller clubs in the National League. They took 700 fans there yesterday, which was superb. And obviously, the real draw of that game was Neil Ardley returning to his former club, um, having steered Solihull Moors to a similar position that he was in at Notts County before he went. Yeah,
1: a case of hard yeah.
3: lines for him, wasn't it, in the end? It was, yeah. I think that, I think that was Moore's first defeat in in seven in uh, in the league, which is you know has been a great run and, and won Neil Loddley Manager of the Month last month. Um, I mean, again, coming back to the thing on the crowd, it, it's 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 great initiative from Notts County to market that game at, at, at five pounds for adults and only only one pound for for uh, Concessions and juniors. I mean, I know people will say, in some senses, that that's an artificial record. But you know, with with international football taking place this weekend, um, and there being no Premier League as an attraction, you know, no Nottingham Forest playing in the Championship to draw people away, Notts County have have, have they've done a great job for themselves in terms of sh- showing what kind of market that there potentially is for Notts County if, if when they're going well. And they've they've done a huge thing for the national league as well in showing, you know, just that what size of crowd can be attracted to games in this division if you've got the facility that that can accommodate them. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a great deal round for them. Obviously, Solihull uh, 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 <laughs> set up to be the, the the disappointed party in that one yesterday, and that's how it proved. But I've no doubt they'll they'll bounce back. They've got a really big. Uh, Well, both sides have got really, really big FA Cup replays coming up this week as well. Notts County hosting Rochdale in midweek and and Solihull have got their game with Wigan Athletics. So, um, yeah, they've both got a lot to look forward to.
1: And it was a big result as well for Notts County because there'd have been a lot of pressure on, you know, with such a big crowd in. They they, they were expected to perform in a win and thankfully, thankfully for them, they did, didn't they?
3: yeah they did i mean uh, you're quite right in that you know getting the crowd in is one thing but then you know you're you're asking players who perhaps i think some of the players will have played in front of crowds that big before but some of them won't and and, and you you're you know you you're testing them a little bit there here to, by saying you know look this is potentially the size of crowd that we could be playing in front of more regularly if we do well as a football club and, you know, are you up to it? And and Notts County proved yesterday that they were. I think the clean sheet will be as much of a a, a, a thing to, to hold on to for Ian Birchnell from that as well, because I don't think it's been a strength for County that's this season. Um, so, yeah, a really, really positive day for them all round.
1: The late game on Saturday on BT Sport was Stockport County's game against Bromley. And it was an interesting affair in the end. And, and Stockport, of course, it, under the new management of Dave Challinor, he had a really good performance at Bolton last week, and I imagine the atmosphere in the ground was bouncing, Chris.
0: Yeah, it was. It was really good, actually. In fact, there was there was five and a half thousand in the ground yesterday, so it was a good crowd. But it it was maybe I maybe have expected a bit more. I think everyone's just girding the lines for Wednesday night, to be honest. And after the uh, the excitement of of the week before. And um, obviously, I wasn't on the podcast last week, but the week before felt like a real turning point. It really did. It was, it was such a good performance. The um, you know the amount of fans who were there, it just felt like a. It was a great day, really, and that carried on into into Saturday. And both teams started really well. It was it was one of them games where you watched it and you thought this is a t- this is a game between two really good teams now and all of a sudden County I would put in that bracket because there's been a complete change of philosophy um, Bromley it was back and forward Bromley were, were attacking County were attacking Bromley should have scored County should have scored and the first half was end to end and I thought it was absolutely excellent it was an excellent advert for for National League football in the second half County were probably the better team and we'll hear from Andy Woodman in a minute about that And um, they scored shortly after after half-time. It was a great finish by Scott Quigley. And I think it just shows the value of a really good striker. And he's in good form after after last week at the moment. Looked like he was going to shoot. He didn't. He he feigned, switched it onto his left foot and just put it in the bottom corner. And from there, County just couldn't get that second goal cushion. They had loads of chances and they were made to pay for it in the last few minutes because poor old Liam Hogan, he's not in good form at the minute. He's not been... Included in in the starting eleven, he came on. Uh, Bromley put a little bit of pressure on. Ball was headed across. He could have just left it. It probably would have dribbled wide, but he just had a brain fog and uh, ended up bundling it in at, at the far post. And and that was it. That was one one. And what I would say is, coming home after lose after drawing, not losing. Sometimes it feels like loss, but it wasn't. It was a draw. Coming home after, after drawing 1-1, you'd normally be absolutely gutted and feel like you got beat, but the performance was excellent and there was so much encouragement. And I think i put on our little WhatsApp group, it's 700 times better. And Dave Chandler is talking, what he wants to play is high intensity. He wants high presses, high intensity, and he's going to demand a hell of a lot from those players. And you could see that uh, yesterday. It was chalk and cheese and I came back with so much encouragement for the rest of the season. In terms of Bromley, I thought they were, they were very good. Um, they, obviously, a really good team. I thought Michael Chee was quite quiet yesterday, I thought, which was, which was a bit of a surprise. I expected a bit more. As a number nine, he played a bit more as a number 10 yesterday. Um, and, um, but apart from that, I thought, I thought they were excellent as well, apart from the second half when they weren't as good. I actually spoke to Andy Woodman about that at the end of the game and uh, he gave his views. So I'm here with Andy Woodman on the NL Full Time Podcast Andy, snatch a point at the end there, you must be delighted
6: Yeah, absolutely delighted, we was poor today, no two ways about it, that weren't us Um, But we got a point and uh, we've been poor away at Stockport with a new manager The riches they've got compared to us and um, I'll take a point Won't take the performance but I'll take the grit and determination from, from the boys, fantastic What do you
0: think there's there to improve on then?
6: Well look, we've got a couple of players out at the moment which, which uh, we've had to shuffle around a little bit um, but we just, didn't, we just didn't keep the ball well enough today as well as we have been keeping it and we wasn't moving it uh, quite as well um, but that said, look, they're, they're not a bad team let's, let's get it straight they've got players on there on big money and they've brought players on big money and they've brought a manager on big money so we are worlds away from them in finances but we are worlds away from them in heart and grit and desire and I'll take that
0: were you aware of that? Was that something that fed into you, to your planning? That obviously they're on a high. New manager come in. They had a big result last week against Bolton. Does yeah, does that affect the way you approach again?
6: No. Well, look, you can't you can't uh, ignore it. They, you know, they they they're all, they're all all sort of bells and whistles at the moment. And we knew we had to, you know, the crowd and all. We knew we had to sort of come here and sort of um, sort of weather that. But look, let's start talking about us, eh? Because we've had ten games unbeaten. I keep hearing about Wrexham. I keep hearing about. Stockport I keep hearing about All these teams That's 10 games I'm beating That ain't bad I, I, I think the teams Should start worrying about us A little bit more Yeah absolutely
0: In the week Obviously there's been Speculation about About yourself um, During the week And about Hartlepool and, and what have you Is that flattering Or does that that uh, Disrupt the, the planning For the week
6: No because I'm a realist You know I've got A really brilliant chairman uh, That I can be Completely honest Transparent and straight with We spoke about it We heard all the noise is it flattering that Hartlepool want me? Yeah, of course it is. It, it means I'm doing a good job, um, and and that's the bit I'm really appreciative. But people are recognising the job I'm doing. But the job's here. Bromley's here. That I'm, I'm, you know, there's nothing changed in my in my mindset. This is the job I've got, and this is the job I want to I want to get this club, you know, going places. Another ten matches unbeaten coming up, then. Listen, well, I I keep telling the boys, you know, if you play that badly and get a result against a team with the riches they've got then there must be something going on in our dressing room that's good. Cheers, Andy. Thank you. Yeah, that was Andy Woodman.
1: And he went very Kevin Keeganish, didn't he, going, nobody's really talking about us and we're, we're 10 games unbeaten. But if I'm Andy Woodman, I'd like it that way because I'd want everyone to talk about Stop Putting Wrexham because it just allows you to just glide up the table, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, he was he was really bullish, wasn't he? I thought it was quite interesting. He said, "But no one's talking about us," and I thought, "But you just talk, talked about stopport for a couple of minutes, <laughs> and then and then he talks about no one's talking about us." And he's quite right because you know ten matches unbeaten, you're on a fantastic run. Um, I thought his his response when I asked him about Hartlepool was was, was quite interesting. That to me sounded like um, you know he's committed to the to the project at Bromley and now Hartlepool had had mentioned a statement um, about him saying that there you know that's not going to continue any further so no it sounds to me like he, he's totally focused on Bromley very bullish and um, he was pleased with his team's commitment if not the performance yesterday.
1: Yeah if you haven't seen it it's this co- week of course the odds dropped on him becoming Hartlepool manager Bromley released a statement during the week saying they don't know where the rumours have come from and he completely denied it all said he's not going anywhere and and again, you heard it there with Chris, he, he, he sort of denied it and it looks like he's going to be continuing at Bromley for the long term, which can only be a good thing for them.
2: Yeah, definitely a good thing for Bromley, um, if that is all. I mean, the thing is, even if talks were underway, they'd have to put out stuff like that. So, you know, we know a few days is a long time in football, isn't it? Uh, I think the, the appropriate thing to say is it's quite right that, that, that uh, Woodman's being linked with a club and a role like Hartlepool, because... That's how successful he's been, along with James Rowe. Both of them over two points a game average since they've been in charge of their club. So it's no surprise. Chris, Chris, one quick question about Stockport. There's undoubtedly a lot of individual talent there, and 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 and, and I guess the job that um, Challoner has is to make sure that the sum of those parts uh, is 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 also. You know, it's all working in tandem. It's it's cohesive. They're pulling together in the same direction. If you can get them doing that, they've got big chances, haven't
0: they? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we saw that immediately, almost um, with the week before it, and and this week, um, you had. I mean, in, some of the big players really played yesterday. Ollie Crankshaw, Paddy Madden was exceptional yesterday. Quigley was brilliant yesterday. Um, Ben Whitfield's out for a couple of months unfortunately he's got um, he picked up an injury last week against Bolton which is a which is a blow but like you say Rob they've got strength in depth to to be able to deal with that and um, Mordy seemed Chaloner seem to give them the confidence to go and express themselves um Sarsevich was brilliant yesterday he's i think he's going to be one of those players that you almost don't notice is there but is so important in the in the middle of uh, in the middle of that midfield so yeah it's harnessing all that talent that they've got available and um you know so two draws but definitely so far so good Chris and so
1: is Scott Quigley coming back a big thing does it sort of take the weight off Paddy Madden's shoulders because there's been a lot relied on him really Quigley hasn't really played up until the last couple of weeks has there
0: Luke it's enormous Scott Quigley is I didn't realize actually how good he was until the last couple of games he's brilliant he's not just a he's not just a big man that holds it up and lays it off he's got really good feet as well he's such a good player, and I think I think if you if you see the goal, you'll see how good he actually is. You know, he got that ninety nine percent of players would have hit it when they had the chance. He switched it onto his left and, and buried it in the corner. And he makes yeah, he makes Paddy Madden's job a lot easier because um, you know he can play up alongside him and he he can pick up and they they work really well together. Crowd's reaction at the end. Good, really good. Yeah, plenty of applause. No, no problems. And I think I think a lot of the, a lot of the crowd will have just gone away encouraged, to be honest, Luke. And um, obviously disappointed with the with the the late goal, the late own goal, how it happened. But um, no, certainly encouraged.
1: Chris, thanks for joining us. I know you've got a shoot off, so uh, thanks for coming on.
0: No problem. Thank you very much, guys. See you later. Dagenham and Redbridge, they moved back
1: into the playoff places. They leapfrogged Solihull and they bounced back from that FA Cup defeat to Salford on Monday. They won 4-1 at Maidenhead. It was fair to say it's the Angelo Balanta show, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was uh, to some extent, although there was a supporting role played by somebody that I'm familiar with as well. Great finishing from Balanta and they've, you know, they've got issues up front. They needed a bit more strength, a little bit more support, especially while McCallum's out and, uh, um yeah, fine finishing from Volanta. He's a quality player at this level. But all three goals of his uh, set up by or involving following up shots from Ibi Akambi on loan from, from Aldershot. And uh, Akambi wasn't happy just playing uh, a supporting role. He uh, He banged in the fourth himself. And, you know, you could see the relief and the joy in his celebration because the season hasn't gone how he would want it to. But now he finds himself on loan at Dagenham and uh, amongst the goals and the assists and playing a real key part yesterday, uh, Dagenham starting to just get up through the gears again.
1: Yeah, Balances will be, he's a key player for them really, isn't he? If they can keep him fit and firing, then they've got the chances, haven't they, in the
2: playoffs? Most definitely. Um, You know, they're a streaky side, Dagenham, aren't they? If you go back over the last couple of seasons, they're either on a bad run or a good run nearly all the time. Um, and obviously the good runs need to outweigh the bad if they're going to play their part in those in the season playoffs
1: Yeah, Wrexham they uh, they just moved to within three points of the playoffs it's one defeat in five and it's fair to say they've gone mad in front of goal over the last week uh, we'll only touch briefly on it Rob because we don't want to take away the moment of all the shots win but they, they thumped all the shot midweek and then they went even one better and scored six past Lynn on Saturday And Kingsland actually scored first for the first time in a game this season, but it wasn't enough for them in the end. And it's fair to say, Wrexham went pretty mad in the end. And there were six different scorers as well, which I'm really happy about.
2: You like that, don't you? Yeah. And and five different scorers in the midweek victory as well. Um, Yeah, Kingsland might think twice again before scoring the first goal in the game, having finally done it. It's really difficult times for them because we know they're well coached and we know that coach has good contacts. But in their first season as a full-time side, they are no doubt struggling. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, uh, and I'm sure most Aldershot Town fans would say the same thing. They're one of the first results I'm looking for each week because that's going to be the fight at the moment. It looks like the likes of Aldershot, South um, Southend, possibly Weymouth, you know, maybe Wilston. We'll come on to them in a minute. Terrific day for them yesterday. Um, who are trying to avoid those couple of places uh, alongside the probably more inevitable relegation of uh, of Dover, who are still in minus points. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be a right old battle at the bottom for the rest of the season. It really is.
1: Yeah, and as you mentioned, one of those results you'll look at, Rob, is is, um, is Southend because all the shots win has moved them to within a point of Southend. He lost at home to Woken, who have got back two winning ways after a, that's two wins now in their last three games after a bad run before that. And also, as you say, Weymouth, they lost at Chesterfield, as we mentioned earlier. Barnett lost away at Wheelstone in, in a local derby there. A real good win for Wheelstone, as we mentioned. And, and funny enough, you didn't mention Rob in there, Maidenhead. Now, Maidenhead. Uh, three points ahead of, of Southend. Is, is that you saying you're confident they'll get out of it?
2: Do you know what? Every other season prior to this, I would have kept looking at them and thinking they'll drop into it. They'll be a part of it. But I've had my fingers burned. We've all had our fingers burnt too many times with Dev. He finds a way. And I've no reason to believe he won't find a way. You've got players like Sam Barrett and Josh Kelly, who just keep coming up and knocking on the door and scoring goals for them. Um, yeah, I mean that what they need to do Maidenhead is keep the points tally ticking over even if they lose one, draw one, win one. You know, I think they'll probably be all right. Um fascinated by the South End and Woking game yesterday. I found it one of the most unpredictable in the most unpredictable league. I didn't know if we might finally see a little bit of a a, a fruition of the of the new South End management team coming in yesterday uh, because you don't know quite how Woking are going to turn up each week but Fair play. Douse has gone there um, and and pulled off a a great win. Uh, Tarvin Campbell, who's up there now, I think third, possibly in the top scorers in the National League. He's had a cracking start to the season. And Kretschmark uh, with the penalty as well. I think four or five for him already. Uh, And Woking going along really nicely. When you look at Woking and Kings Lynn, both switching to full-time this season with the same manager that managed them part-time. Um, Woking are doing the better, uh, far the better of those two teams. We should we should have a little look, Luke, really at um, the Wildstone and Barnet game because in, the, in, in a similar but different way to the to the Knox County Solihull Moors game, what you had there on uh, Saturday was uh, Dean Brennan returning to Wealdstone. Dean Brennan against Stuart Maynard. I think it's well documented out there that they worked together for many years, they've been close friends. But that change at Wildstone, when Maynard became the manager and Dean Brennan was out, um, you know, is, on, is documented as having ended their friendship. Um, so it will have been a difficult one yesterday. And Rhys Brown, who's a player I've admired in the past, but hasn't always delivered consistently, ultimately bundled home the goal in the 77th minute, which separated the sides and We're talking about that massive win for Aldershot. There's a massive win as well yesterday for Wildstone in more ways than one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. More well as well for Dover down at the bottom. They lost to Torquay. Got a much needed win. Although Dover did go ahead in that game three, Gregory. But two goals from Armani Little. And again, in the last minute, it was Johnson time, wasn't it? Or Gary time, I think they call it, don't they? Anyway, it's a late winner again for Torquay there. And also in a mid-table battle, it was Yeovil against Eastleigh. Yeovil came out on top of that one by two goals to one. We're going to look at the National League South now. And at the top, it was a big game between Dartford and Oxford City. And we mentioned last week about Dartford's stuttering form. And they'll be disappointed not to have won at home, even though they are playing a team in form in Oxford City.
2: Yeah, and they'll also be respectful. You know, when you're two, two of the top uh Four sides playing each other. Um, never underestimate a point in those games. What it does do, of course, with Dartford being the uh, the side in the more lofty position, it keeps the equidistance between those sides. So um, I don't know the story of the game. Uh, obviously, I was elsewhere. But uh, as Dartford could only draw and St Albans didn't have a game, two sides that took full advantage on Saturday were Ebb's Fleet United and uh, Dulwich Hamnet, just looking a little bit closer uh, at those games cracking probably the game of the day I'd say um, for Ebbsfleet away at Hungerford Town who we know not to ever underestimate um, Bingham put Ebbsfleet ahead but Wanjao Smith equalised that was the only goals in the first half but then the goals started raining in in the second half and uh, uh, Ebbsfleet pulled away but there was a a late comeback from Hungerford, and there would have been a nervy last few minutes uh, for, for Ebbsfleet as they hung on to win 4-3 um, and lift themselves up to third place now in the National League South. Just uh, three points behind Dartford, but significantly with three games in hand. St Albans uh, in a similar position, three points and three games in hand. And then Dulwich Hamlet. Well, uh, they played Bath City yesterday and I know whenever Tom's on, he speaks well of Bath City, but they're not delivering this season. And goals from Cade Taylor, Jordan Green and Darren McQueen saw Dulwich home uh, yesterday. And they really are having their best season now in the National League South. We are still only 11 games in for them, but 21 points, a superb start to the season uh, for Dulwich Hamnet. Um, And I guess another team that, Probably the shock result of the day, really. Mark White's Dorkin Wanderers. They've been in better form of late, um, but uh, they did go down at Slough on Saturday. Who really needed the points. Freddie Grant and Aaron cool, uh getting the goals for them.
1: Yeah, cool running's there for Slough in the end, wasn't it? Um,
3: <laughs>
1: it's a, it was a, a strange day at Hampton and Richmond Borough as well. They were... Uh, they were losing at home 1-0 to Braintree. Now, we're not suggesting Tom's got any wire clippers or anything, but no, we're joking. Uh, but the floodlights <laughs> did go out there, much to the annoyance of everyone at the ground, and i will have to do that all over again.
2: Yeah, they, they, they've got to do it again. And, uh, you know, if you were looking from afar, you might think, hang on a minute, 1-0 down at home, half-time. But Tom's reassured us that actually, although that was <laughs> yeah. the scoreline, Hampton uh, and Richmond Borough were in the ascendancy and uh, he said everybody there felt they'd still come through and win that one Um, you know (laughs) you can never predict in football can you what's going to happen and obviously Braintree had what they would have seen as a a treasured uh, one goal lead Uh, and it would have been certainly more frustrating for them than it was uh, for those at Hampton and Richmond yesterday elsewhere probably the big battle of the day um, in that league when you look at the clubs with expectations etc was Havant and Waterlooville uh, against Maidstone, and a bit like the other, uh, team, uh, you know, big clash in that division. There was no goals; it was uh, it was goalless between the two. So uh, that leaves um, Maidstone still tenth, and haven't and Waterlooville ninth, and uh, two clubs you know,
1: underwhelming, aren't they, at the minute?
2: They are underwhelming. You know, if we all had to pick six or seven teams, which we did at the start of the season, I'm pretty sure we all had those two. Uh, in the top uh, seven. Hungerford sit just above those two uh, in eighth place. Obviously, uh, had they actually got the win yesterday in the game they lost, they'd have gone second, Hungerford. So let's not write them off uh, out of that situation. Chippenham had a good win at home, 3-0 against uh, Billericchi. Three different goal scorers uh, for them. And just wrapping up the rest of that uh, division, really. Welling United continued their good form mm. under Peter Taylor uh, with a 1-0 win. Bradley Stevenson getting the goal in the first half there.
3: Um, you know, and that's uh,
1: that's, He's doing really well. We went in there and we thought it's a bit of a desperate job for Peter Taylor to take that, you know. But he's really turned it around, hasn't he? He has
2: done. And, and you know, lots of clubs that have changed their manager recently... And Dickie, I'm not blatantly hinting this towards your direction. But um, <laughs> of, of, of obviously, Aldershot included in that as well. They've just not had the traditional new manager bounce, have they? But Welling have. My goodness me. It was an immediate turnaround um, under Peter Taylor. And, you know, full full credit to him. Uh, one other game we didn't mention, Concord. Um, they continue to surprise. They're in that on the edge of that playoff picture too, just inside it. Um, and they got a two-one win yesterday uh, against uh, an impressive Eastbourne Borough side this year, and that's despite at one all going down to ten men. Um, and uh, they got themselves a penalty five minutes from time. Danny Green stuck at home, uh, and they got themselves the win that just keeps them in that playoff picture uh, on twenty-one points. Um, and yeah, it's very very tight and condensed, isn't it? In the National League South, you've got. Let's say, for example, the team in 12th position, just four points behind second place. So that one's going to run and run. So we're going to move on and look at the
1: National League North and there's only one place to start and that is at Mill Farm and the game of the day between first and second place.
3: Yeah, absolutely. This was um, the big game of the day, possibly even the biggest game of the season so far. Um, Brackley against Fylde, it was uh, jointly the best home record in the division. Fylde 100%, six wins from six against Brackley's fantastic um, away record of no defeats in seven matches Um, and both of those are pretty much left undented at the end by a by a three-three draw between the sides. So Brackley's still unbeaten. Filed on 100 percent anymore, but but still unbeaten. But yeah, some game this one. Brackley took the lead in the first half. I think some debate over this goal and uh, filed a, saying it was perhaps an own gold, own goal. Brackley perhaps thinking it was where's York who'd got the goal, but it, it doesn't matter. It was it was one-nil at half time. Nick Horton in the goals again, he leveled in the 63rd minute. Emika Obi put uh, filed ahead three minutes later as well from a Horton corner. So Horton involved again. Lee and Love headed Brackley level in the 71st minute. Horton replied two minutes later, so he had a hand in each goal twice and had a hand in the other goal as well. Um, but it was a 94th minute equaliser from Brackley substitute Trey Mitford that got them a point. A crowd of 1,466 there as well. So a really good attendance. Um, and yeah, a, a fantastic game and a really good advert for National League North.
1: Yeah, the other big story out of the National League North, of course, was was Steve Watson departing York.
3: Yeah, it was. And, and I suppose it, it might, it felt like a bit of a surprise when the news first broke last night. Um, looking back over the past week, perhaps it's, it's less of a surprise. York got knocked out the FA Cup by Buxton at home last week. They then lost in midweek at Leamington by two goals to nil. Um, then, rather strangely, um, John Askey came in as, uh, as, well, not assistant manager, but to assist Steve Watson in the absence of his uh, actual assistant, Mickey Cummins, um, it was only a goalless draw for them yesterday at Curse Nation, so not a great result. But I, I, I think it sounds as if the hierarchy at York felt they'd seen enough from that point. Steve Watson um, left his post after the game. I mean, he, he, I'm not sure he necessarily saw it coming. He, he said he, he was disappointed with the way the game had gone yesterday, disappointed that they didn't win. Um, and within a couple of hours of the end of the game, he was gone. York issued a statement saying that they, they'd agreed mutually that, that he wasn't going to be the man to take them forward. John Askey has taken over as interim manager to the end of the season. I think the feeling very much um, amongst, well, the feeling from the statement that York put out was that they they feel that they can still be promoted this season, but to give themselves the best chance of doing that, they had to make the change now. So Askey takes over, Watson and and Mickey Cummins walk away. And yeah, it's all changed. But I think a, a lot of the frustration that I saw being vented last night wasn't necessarily directed at Steve Watson. It was more at the hierarchy at York and Jason McGill. um, And please really for, for them to either genuinely show their commitment to York city um, or to, or to to find some people who who are committed to York city, because I think the fans there are, are hugely frustrated. They've been in this division for five seasons now and clearly want to get out of it, but they're no closer to doing so. And, and, and you know it's not a settled ship at York, and, and that that's reflected, I think, in the results.
1: Well, it's um, definitely a dramatic case of curse of manager in a month, isn't it?
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is the second month in a row that the manager of the month for the previous month in the National League North has received his award and then has been out of the, the, the very job that got him that award within seven days. Yeah, it happened to Steve Cunningham last month at Curse and you know, Obviously, he's back in the game now at Buxton and, and he's probably helped precipitate the demise of Steve Watson by, by knocking him out of the FA Cup last week as well. Um, but yeah, Steve Watson got the award. Basically, if you're, a League North,
1: if you're a National League North manager and you see Ollie Osborne, Ollie Osborne turning up with a trophy, run. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I think that might well be the message, yeah, because, I mean, this, it really does take it one to a, a, a new level, doesn't it? You know, there's a the whole idea you win manager of the month and that's a surefire bet that you're going to lose your next game. Although I'm not sure that's truly borne out by results. Um, but yeah, the National League North this season, it, it's not just you'll lose your next game, it's you'll lose your job.
1: Of course, um, you went down to Kidderminster yesterday. They're on a, a high at the minute, aren't they? Did not Grinsby out the FA Cup last week, and they took on your side, Telford.
3: Yeah, they did, and they had a pretty comfortable time of it against Telford. I have to say, it was three uh, nil to the Harriers. They they took the lead through Alex Penny in the first half. Um, the player who was the October Player of the Month for National League North, Ashley Hemmings, he made it two nil five minutes later. He wasn't sacked, was he? No, he wasn't sacked. No, they're, they're not following the trend there. Um, and then Nathan Cameron added the third in the second half. But it was, um, dare I say, it, uh, it was a very happy Russ Penn that I spoke to afterwards. Although one I who I suspect felt these perhaps uh, had expected a harder game from Telford. Uh, full-time at Agbra and I've um, got a very satisfied Kidderminster Harriers manager, Russell Penn, with me. Um, Russ, you've uh, got to be happy with what you've seen today.
7: Yeah, I'm, I'm delighted. Um, We've had a really good week. I was worried in the week about having a hangover after the Grimsby game. Uh, the expectations around the place all of a sudden lift. Um, but I tell you what, the players haven't given me an excuse this week and we've, we've put on a really good performance today. Um,
3: I mean, how satisfied with, with what you've seen from your team so far this season? Because, I mean, you started well. I think you had a run, unbeaten run of five to start with and a little dip and then it, it, it's come back again. So
7: Yeah, um, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied. Always strive for improvement like everybody says. Um, we lost three league games on the bounce, um, but they were to foil Gateshead and Brackley, which all game, which all of them could have gone either way. But in between that, we had F, we had our FA Cup run, so we never felt like we lost three on the bounce. Um, but you know, it, it, like I just said to you, there momentum swings in football, and at the moment, it's going our way. I mean, did that give you sort of like a sense of like the benchmark for the division, maybe? Or? Yeah, I think so. Uh, listen, we don't disrespect anybody. Every week, uh, we come up against the good team and good players, and Telford was no different today. Um, you have to turn it round at some part. Everyone has a dip. Um, hopefully, that's the only one we have, but I'm sure there'll be things around the corner. Well, um, you've just got to prepare, right? And we work hard, uh, and the lads are, are doing it themselves at the moment. I mean, a lot of excitement around
3: the club as well with the FA Cup at the moment. Obviously, great win over Grimsby yeah. last week. Um, uh, how difficult is it to balance that sort of like excitement between that and keep keeping the focus on the league?
7: Well I'd rather you have the excitement than the not excitement everyone says that um, and you'd rather have a cut run than have no cut run so I think that's part of football you've got to enjoy the uh, the momentum enjoy the confidence enjoy winning games of football because I think it can breed great confidence which for me is the biggest part of football
3: when you, you spoke about um, obviously before I pressed play on here we spoke about the, the experience in your team and, and sort of like knowing the level and that, that's something that really strikes me about your team is you've got Pretty much from almost from one through to eleven, you've got players
7: you know the level, and
3: you've got some inexperienced players as well. But it, it, it's easier to slot them into a team who you know what they're doing, isn't
7: it? Well, yeah. Listen, recruitment's massive in football. I think we've recruited really well. Um, experience, age, young, youthful legs. I think we look fit, and I've always said that from day one. Um, listen, when you're winning games, all of a sudden you've got a great squad. When you're losing games, there's always room for improvement. So, under no illusions, what football's about. Dennis probably said opposite to me today, but he could be saying opposite to me next week and I could be saying exactly the same. So, uh, listen, uh, we're on a good run of form and long may it continue.
3: And a sign of the strength of, of, of your, your squad at the moment, the way things are going, you've allowed Niall Bell to go on loan to Kershash this week. That's probably just more of a, a sign of, of how well the team's doing rather than anything yeah. on his part, Yeah,
7: no, 100%. It? It's um, it's game time more than anything, Um we play the loan system up top at the moment and you don't need three strikers for that. But um, he's a kiddie-missor player. He's hopefully got to get five games for Curzon, win some games for them, beat our rivals and come back here in December. Okay.
3: And just touching on that experience you spoke in the last one, I, after your FA Cup game last week particularly, saw there was a lot of um, love for Keith Lowe. He's, yeah. he's a big cult hero here and, you know, he's still going strong. I mean, do you ever look at him and regret that you might have stopped playing a bit too soon?
7: You know, with him keeping going. Uh, no, I, I, listen. He's he's a different animal to me. He's a lot more um, robust. He's got stronger bones, um, and he's got a great head on him. Listen, it was a tough decision not to play Keith today after last Saturday, um, but it was a different test for us. And um, listen, we, we 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 picked the right team, but he's a massive part of what we're doing here at the football club.
3: Okay, and I guess an immediate aims, if I was to say, sort of like. By Christmas, you know, what would you be hoping for
7: as regards? To- uh, I can't think that far ahead, mate. we all focused on Alfreton. Um, I know it can slap you on the arse if you start thinking six games in time. Um, I'm going to enjoy today and uh, fully focus on a tough task at Alfreton next week.
1: Yeah, and that was a, a very happy Russ Penny. You also caught up with somebody else who had a big beaming smile on their face in Ashley Hemmings after the game.
3: I've spoken with a very happy Russ Penn already and I have one of his players now he, National League North Player of the Month Ashley Hemmings with me broad smile on his face buzzing was your description?
8: Oh yeah I'm absolutely happy you know, um, you know coming off the field today with three points plus a goal um, couldn't ask for any, anything else so I'm just happy how things are going now and uh, we've just got to keep this up
3: I mean, you, you were really quick, I think, when you found out you got the player of the month. You, you paid a lot of praise to your teammates. You know, you said that, you know, it's, it's their support that sort of like has got you the award, but, it, but it's as much for them as anybody else. I mean, of course. Um, yeah, like without them.
8: And then I wouldn't, you know, have won it because, you know, they helped me day in, day out, the staff. Even when I'm coming and, like, playing matches as well, the fans, they're amazing as well. They give me the support, so I thank them all. And, you know, and, um, just as long as they keep
3: supporting me, you know, I'll always give my, my best. I mean, you, uh, rewarded another good performance with a, a, another goal today. Uh, you, you fly in terms of, the, like, the goal scoring.
8: Yeah, um, you know, um, that's something that I've wanted to do this season, you know, um, just... You know, as I get my chances, score, assist, or even just play good and help my team as much as possible. So, you know, I'm glad how it's going right now, and um, I just want to keep it up.
3: I mean, I think I saw recently. I think you just you've just had your second anniversary of coming here. So, I mean, this has got to be the best period at the club since you've joined.
8: Yeah, of course. Um, you know, since day one till now, like I've loved it, like every second, and that's because. Um, you know, the new owners coming in, they've made it, like, into a better place. The gaffer, the staff, the players, ev- like, everyone makes it, like, good. So, um, I'm happy that, like, you know, it feels like a family-based club now. And, like, as long as that we keep having that support and everything, it's always going to be good times.
3: Sure. I mean, I've got to ask you about this one. I watched your, your penalty kick in the game against Grimsby last week. And um, quite notable for the fact that you have quite, a, sort of, like, a long delay and long run-up. Is, is that, I mean... I'm, Probably you don't want to give too many of your secrets away, <laughs> but it's part of that just to sort of like keep the goalkeeper waiting.
8: Um, yeah, you know, it's something that I like to do. You know, so um, I've practiced it how many times, and um, I should keep doing it. You know, the only thing I think about is hitting the back of the net. So as long that I keep doing that, and like that's that's a star that I'm going to keep up with.
3: Okay, and um, just to close on really, I mean, you've leagues going well. You said you're up to fourth with this result today. You've got a big FA Cup game to come as well. I mean, how, how difficult is it to keep your mind off the FA Cup and the potential of that? I mean, I know Russ said he he, he doesn't let, you know, the players get carried away with that, but, but does your mind wander forward to what might be? Um, to be fair, no, like, um, after
8: the Groomsby game, we all have stayed humble. Obviously, it was a great result going through to the next round, but um, it's always about the next match, and that's the only thing we think about. So I know the um, FA Cup's a couple of weeks from now, but the next game on Saturday—that's the only thing we've got on our mind. So yeah, like um, we'll just keep at it and just every week and just keep doing the same things.
1: And that was Ashley Hemmings, and he seemed—he just seems to be loving life at the minute, doesn't he?
3: Yeah, they—they they both gave off that same air of being um, uh, focused on 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 what comes next and not not thinking too far ahead, but obviously really sort of like loving the moment they're in at the moment um, with the way things are going at Kidderminster their FA Cup win last week was, was, a, was a great result you know they, they've got to go to Halifax in the next round but they, it, the, the prospect of potentially getting through that tie in the third round is, is, is there in front of him. As you heard him in, in, when I spoke to Russ Penn, he wouldn't be drawn on that. He wasn't looking too far ahead. But yeah, he felt, that he felt very relaxed. Ashley Hemmings similarly felt very relaxed. Big smiles from both of them. And, and Kidderminster felt like a good place to be at the moment, which is unfortunately not the same thing that can be said for, for Telford.
1: Yeah, still no manager, but we'll move on. Well, not, still no permanent manager anyway, but we'll move on from there. Let's um, <laughs> say that Curzon uh, Ashton, uh, we mentioned that they drew 0-0 with York, but they're still going really, really well, aren't they? They'll, they'll have taken that, I think, at the start of the day.
3: Yeah, you would have thought so, and they might have even fancied a little bit more from this game. I mean, they, they, it was it was a goalless draw at the Tameside Community Stadium. Curzon Ashton stay in fifth place, but they have got a couple of games in hand. So, you know, they're... they're they're not um, that far away from, you know, being in contention for sort of like third place, I would say at the moment. Um, obviously, it's, it's a positive for Adam Lakeland, the, the, the new manager. He's continuing to get comfortable in the manager's seat with with a point yesterday. Um, but yeah, Kearns and Ashton are still very handily placed. And I suppose, again, just touching back on the York City thing, it won't help that, you know, York City are in 11th after this game, but they see a team, you know, on potentially, you know, a much smaller budget with, with more limited resources, with a smaller catchment area in Kers and Ashton, who are punching above their weight. And, and you know, it, I suppose it just amplifies the problems around York City at the moment that, that you see, a, you know, a, a team based in a city. Um, with a big catchment area, with a new stadium uh, and and there the, are the, the financial resources available there at York, they're clearly underperforming.
1: Yeah, another big game in the National League North was Charlie against Leamington. Now, Leamington went up to fourth after beating York in midweek and the two teams clashed at Victory Park on Saturday.
3: Yeah, they did. I mean, this one went probably went under the radar a little bit because of the Fylde and Brackley game. But I think in any other week, this would probably been billed as the game of the day in National League North. It was third against fourth going into it, as you said. Chorley came out with a 1-0 victory. Connor Hall's goal in the 37th minute. That keeps them in third. Leamington dropped to six on the back of that one. But it's the first defeat in a few games for Paul Holleran's side. He celebrated his... 12th anniversary as, as Lamington manager in the week. They did beat York 2-0 in midweek, so he had a, a victory to, to go along with that anniversary. Um, but yeah, I don't think anybody at Lamington will be particularly displeased about being in sixth place, but they do perhaps do just miss a, a little bit of an opportunity yesterday, but surely a tough place to go. I, I think we, we're seeing that from the results they're getting this season.
1: Yeah, Boston now the only side without a draw in the division, and... They remain in the playoff places, but they've lost the last two now.
3: Yeah, they haven't. I think they'd have happily taken a draw yesterday—something um, uh, they've not achieved all season—rather than what they got, which, which was a four-one defeat. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly, you know, I'm not an advocate of clubs sacking managers. I don't see uh, take any pleasure in, in seeing uh, managers under pressure. You know, it's not a great thing to witness up close, as, as you do when you're involved with a football club. But I have to say. There, there is bound to be pressure on Craig Elliott after this result. You know, a 4 1 defeat away to a team who are 15th in the table against their seventh. Um, that they were without Scott Duxbury and Danny Elliott, they both got um, um. Red cards last week, so they were suspended. But I would imagine that um, Craig Elliott was pretty displeased with what he saw. Marcus Carver led the way with a hat-trick for Southport, scoring in the 17th minute. Jordan Archer doubled the lead in the 54th. Boston did get a goal back through Fraser Preston not long after that one, but Carver responded within five minutes and then got his hat-trick goal Very, very close to the end of the game to make it four matches unbeaten now for Liam Watson's team. And uh, yeah, Boston conceding four away from home for a second successive Saturday after losing 4-0 at Chester last week. So, uh, you know, if I'm being honest, if if I'd expected to see an announcement about a managerial departure last night, this is the place where I would have thought it was more likely to come rather than York. But, uh, you know, that's not to say that it's something that we, you know, want to see. Um, you know, obviously, we like to see managers turning it around, but uh, it, it, it's a struggle for Craig Ellery at the moment. It's 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 just inconsistent. It's, it's boom or bust.
1: Would his argument be though? Well, we're in the playoffs.
3: I would think so. I think I think the playoffs. I think when you look at the other teams that are in the division, I think I think anybody who finishes ahead of AFC file this season is very likely to be champions. So I think being you know in a playoff position is certainly the minimum aim for Boston this season but I would think you know you you see Bratley in second place um, and see some of the other teams that are up there and think to yourself that as much as it's a playoff place for Boston I, I think they've set their standards higher I think they were looking at you know if if not maybe winning it then sort of like being we mustn't forget that The higher you finish in the league is such a big help when it comes to the playoffs in these divisions and giving you home advantage. And I think, you know, they they would want to finish as high as possible. They're in seventh place at the moment, which means they'd have to play in the qualifying round of the playoffs. So you having to play an extra game in there. They'd be away from home in all three if the playoffs were to start today um and you're not giving yourself the best possible advantage so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens at boston as i say i'm not an advocate of it i'm not encouraging boston to make a change and you know who knows they're not going to listen to me um but you know things aren't things aren't looking um as positive as they could be at boston
1: Uh, any other results that caught your eye dicky
3: um, I think the Gateshead against Alfreton one. Uh, Gateshead beat Alfreton two one, which maintained Gateshead's one hundred percent home record. Five wins from five now, but ended Alfreton's run of unbeaten games at seven goals from Southwell for Alfreton. But said Scott and Greg Ollie, um, ret- applied for Gateshead. So um, yeah, and and the 90th minute winner for Greg Olley there as well. So that was a notable one. Spennymore Town broke their run of four uh, consecutive defeats and getting a 1-1 draw away at Bradford Park Avenue. That puts Spennymore in 10th place, Avenue in 17th. It was the 10th goal of the season for for Glenn Taylor, but Brad Doherty levelled from the spot for Avenue. Um, Chester against Darlington. That was a a 2-2 draw and again, Thank <laughs> you. There was possibly the storm clouds gathering over the Deva Stadium, but were pushed away just a little bit again. And it was down to the the, the two fullbacks. Darlington had um, taken the lead there through Jake Cooper's goal, his second goal in a week, a third if you actually count the own goal he scored in their fixture last week. And then uh, they were two 0 at when Jake Cassidy put away a rebound from a Jack Lambert shot in the sixty third minute. And you would think it's looking pretty bad for Chester by then, but Kevin Roberts headed a goal in the eighty fourth minute, two minutes. Left Later, Roberts then crossed for the opposite fullback Josh Askew, to head the equaliser. And I suppose it's going to be all about the fight back from Chester there. But, you know, being 2-0 down at home to a team that they would perhaps expect to get all the points from um, means, you know, it's it's not a, a sunny picture at the Diva Stadium either. Uh, there was a 4-0 win for Kettering Town against Blythe Spartans. That was maybe expected, but... but Um, A much-needed win for for Paul Cox's men. Goals from Callum Powell. Two for their influential captain, Connor Kennedy. And then loan signing, Jerry McDonough. He got the fourth. He's on loan from AFC Halifax Town. Bly that Aaron Cunningham dismissed for violent conduct late on. And and really, I suppose the the story there coming out of this one is Bly Spartans. are now winless in 10 games. A seventh defeat in a row. And that defeat plunges them to the bottom of the table. The reason they go bottom is because Gloucester City recorded their first win since 21st of August, 2-0 over Farsley Celtic. Two goals in that game from on loan Bristol Rovers forward Ollie Hulbert won in either half they had Ben Goering the ex-Woking defender making his loss to debut as well um, and that air of positivity continued they announced that Lee Mansell's going to stay on as manager to the end of the season um, not quite so good for Celtic they appointed Neil Ross to succeed Adam Lakeland in midweek but they're winless in their last four games um, the only other game in the division Geisley nil, Hereford 2 Hereford rise is 16th Geisley in 19th All about the Ryans yesterday. Ryan Lloyd opened the scoring after good work from Ryan McLean and then McLean himself added the second on 64 minutes. Geisley missed a late penalty for Jamie Spencer when his standing foot went from beneath him as he took uh, a spot kick. But Hereford's first back-to-back wins this season. um, Just a note as well on that one. I know Hereford's miles story ended up in hospital after the game being monitored for a head injury. So we send our best wishes to him. And yeah, it's very tight at the bottom of the table in the north now. You've got four. Four teams all tied on nine points, separated by goal difference. Guysley have got two games in hand over the other three at the bottom, who are Gloucester, Telford, Bly Spartans. But yeah, it's uh, that the the trap door is is beckoning for those sides at the moment. And although there's a lot of games still to be played, you know, it's um, they're they're all in fairly desperate runs at the moment. Those teams at the bottom and needing something to pull them out of them.
1: Brill. well uh, dicky thank you very much for joining us you're welcome thanks for joining us rob
2: yeah cheers pleasure as always have a good week guys
1: and that is it don't forget to follow us on twitter at nl full time and it's the same on instagram as well don't forget to subscribe to us and you'll get it uploaded to your device every week until then thank you very much for listening and we'll see you all very soon